So. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Perilous times are promised, my friends, for that era of human history commonly referred to as the last days or end of times. The end of the age or the day of the Lord are also biblical expressions referencing God's dealing, his final dealings with humankind. But deception is knocking at the door. Jesus' disciples were very concerned about the time. The week preceding Jesus' crucifixion, they inquired of the one they believed to be the Messiah, saying, tell us what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. The master's answer was very quick and simple and very sobering. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. Jesus described the danger of deception in ever more precise terms, as well as the deadly or pernicious results that would serve not only the world, but professing believers. He said, many would come in my name, saying, I'm Christ. Many false prophets will arise. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall back cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So I ask you a question today. Could the Antichrist be ushered in through Walt Disney? Well, through Disney Productions. Not Walt Disney, but Disney Productions. Is Disney being used as an agency to usher in the end times? You say, wow, that's a very interesting question. Well, indeed, it is an interesting question when you find out that Disney actually is, well, actually celebrating their ability to usher in the devil into their programming now. In fact, the headline in one article is, What the Devil? New Disney show focuses on teen girl sex with Satan himself. Who would have ever believed it? When I grew up in the early uh, years of my childhood, maybe around 10, 11, 12 years of age, when the Mickey Mouse Club was on the Mickey Mouse Club, sponsored by Disney, who would have ever believed, though, that now, two generations later, Disney would have fallen to the devil? Openly, notoriously, Disney has moved deeply and quickly to change its products, which for decades were entertainment for children, to indoctrination in the LGBT ideology. It's built new storylines around LGBT characters, has openly battled with Florida over the state's plan to protect young children in school from inappropriate sex instructions, and has even put warning labels on some older Disney projects to advise that they don't any longer meet the requirements of the company now for being politically correct. Or shall we say satanically correct? Now it's taking an even bigger step. Its new programming on Disney will feature a teen who falls in love with the devil. The new show is Pauline, and the main character, 18 years of age, becomes pregnant from a one-night stand with 
Lucas, who is the devil. In a statement, executive producers Philip and Matthias said it's a project that is very close to our hearts. So is Disney now an outright worship of the devil? Is it advancing the cause and spirit of Antichrist for these end times? The story of a pregnant teen in love with the devil is a show that's coming to Disney, the home of Pixar movies, Mickey Mouse, and National Geographic. In 2022, last year, Disney was unleashing a cartoon featuring a little girl as Antichrist. She said, there's no more putting this off. You, Dad, is the devil, and you're the Antichrist. The cartoon mom told her daughter, who was about 13 years of age. So Disney now is continuing down its path to destruction, releasing a new cartoon entitled Little Demon. And it's just as bad as it sounds. The series features demonic witchcraft, pagan rituals, gratuitous blood, gore, nudity, and judging by the trailer can easily be considered pornographic by definition. I'll know it when I see it, said the Supreme Court Justice. Well, that's just one illustration, friends, of the perilous times that you and I are facing today. So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. What does it take to usher in the spirit of Antichrist? The Apostle John wrote, as you recall, that there were many antichrists that were then in his era. In other words, people who were against Christ, contrary to Christ. But then, of course, the Bible refers to a figure called the antichrist, not just someone who is antichrist, but the antichrist. We're not expressing any belief that Disney or anybody associated with them is the Antichrist, but it's obvious that they are ushering in openly, notoriously, egregiously, and yes, infamously, and not even insidiously, but openly and blatantly ushering in the spirit of Antichrist, anti-morality, anti-goodness, anti-righteousness, who would have ever, ever believed it? But you better believe it, friends, because it's real. It's true. And then, of course, when Donald Trump uh, made his appearance at the New York courthouse a week ago to submit himself to their arraignment process, It wasn't quite like what you may have heard. Mr. Trump joined Tucker Carlson last evening on his program. Trump said that police and courthouse staff during his arraignment apologized to him for the indictment and were crying as they processed him. They were incredible, Trump said. When I went to the courthouse, which is also like a prison in a sense, they signed me in, and I tell you, people were crying. It's a tough, tough place, and they were crying. They were actually crying, he said. They said, I'm sorry. They said, 2024, sir, 2024. And tears poured down their faces. I've never seen anything like it, he said. 
Those are your police. Those are the people that worked in the courthouse. They're unbelievable people. Many of them were in tears or close to it. Many apologies. We're sorry, sir. We're sorry. They had to have me do this to do certain things. They said, sir, I can't believe it. I can't even believe I have to ask you to do this. And even his opposers, his opponents for 2024, and potential candidates condemned the indictment as politically motivated. A large number of Democrats have also condemned it as politically motivated. And it became a dark moment in American history. The clouds of unrighteousness and wickedness are sweeping over the land. Former officials and conservative media figures also ripped the indictment. But it continues on because the spirit of anti-Christ and the American version of a French Revolution is upon us. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at Save Us. Consider soberly the spiritually sinister nature and sources of betrayal. Who would have ever believed that Walt Disney Enterprises or Disney Productions as we know it now would ever have betrayed the American public by going not only woke, but anti-Christ? Profound trust is the requisite of betrayal, and without the foundation of relational or organizational trust, one can't truly be feel, feel betrayed. Trust is established either by vow, promise, or even social or leadership prominence. And we repose trust in those with whom we have committed ourselves in some form of relationship, whether it be friends or our spouses or family or those to which we choose to submit in legitimate authority or purport to have our best and honorable interests at heart, like pastors or financial advisors, doctors, and political leaders. But when the trust we have reposed is fractured, we feel betrayed. And the level and impact of that kind of sense of betrayal varies with the nature, the depth, and the longevity of our trust. And all betrayal is tragic at some level. That's why, friends, in these perilous times, I urge you over and over again, it is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes, politicians, presidents, pastors, priests, popes. It's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes. So what we're sensing is a massive and increasingly massive betrayal of trust at every level. We can't trust our judicial system anymore. We can't trust it because it's become politically motivated, not interested in justice or in truth. In fact, so great is the change of our so-called justice system 
that you might actually more accurately call it an injustice system that is reigning across our land. In my hands as a report, a judge has ordered two teachers who challenged a Missouri school district indoctrination program on First Amendment grounds to pay more than $300,000 for the school's lawyers after disregarding their free speech concerns. This is a first, friends. This is a betrayal by the justice system of the very Constitution that is sworn to support. The decision now, under appeal, came in a case contesting the constitutionality of compelled anti-racism training in Springfield, Missouri. The teacher's lawyers called the ruling from Douglas Harpool, the judge in the case, overtly hostile and described it as being intended to scare off future lawsuits by parents and teachers. The chief litigation chief for the plaintiffs said it's the first time his organization has ever faced attorney's fees sanctions in disputes over unconstitutional government action. The teachers brought their First Amendment compelled and uh, chilled speech action in 2021, explaining how the school's equity training forced employees to discuss their place on an oppression matrix and cheer for changes in political, economic, and social life. In other words, compelled speech. You could not speak your own mind and heart. You had to speak what they told you to speak or else. They were ordered to reveal personal details they preferred to keep private. The judge claimed in a summary judgment in favor of the school that there was no injury in the case. Really? Then he demanded the teachers to pay nearly $313,000 to the school for contesting its mandatory indoctrination program. Are you beginning to see how the will of an anti-Christ spirit, a betrayal of justice, a betrayal of truth, a betrayal of freedom by the courts themselves. This, my friends, is the spirit of Antichrist. You may not think of it that way, but that's what it is. These are the perilous times that we're warned of. At least four staff members at the school said they self-censored because speaking up would put a target on their back, resulting in a hostile work environment. In other words, they could not speak what they believed. They could not speak what what they believed to be the truth. Otherwise, it would destroy their not only their work environment, but most likely their jobs themselves. Further, the chief equity and diversity officer explicitly said staff must, quote, start the work of becoming anti-racist educators in order to support these students. Well, what does that mean? Whoever said that these teachers were racist? Only the government and its representatives based upon the spirit of wokeness, which is 100 degrees contrary to truth, righteousness, 
holiness, freedom, love, and peace, and so on. The facts of the case were that the teachers were ordered to speak up during training or they would be called upon. Further, when they did speak and express disagreement, then they were corrected. And that led to inevitable self-censorship. In other words, you either tell me what I want to hear or suffer the consequences. That's the new education and the new judicial system. But that's not all. A psychologist, we'll call him Steve, has received a two-year suspension for his statements on social media about the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum. So he took to Twitter to express his opposition to the suspension, stating that the issue is not about his title, but rather the perceived injustice of the decision and the rejection of his right to free speech. He believes that everyone should have the right to express their opinions on matters related to public health and well-being without fear of political or commercial interference. So he used his social media platform to voice his concerns about the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum, which he believes are components of a larger effort to establish a new world order or global government. The Great Reset, a global initiative proposed by the World Economic Forum, is a sinister plot to establish a new world order of global governance. Klaus Schwab, the founder and the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, has openly stated that crises such as the COVID pandemic present special opportunities for the establishment of a new global order. And that's led many to realize that the Great Reset aims to undermine national sovereignty, individual freedom in the pursuit of technocratic vision of the future. In other words, a global order, which, by the way, is inherently anti-Christ. How do we know that it's inherently anti-Christ? Because it's totally contrary to what God said back in the book of Genesis concerning the nations particularly in Genesis chapter 11, when he came against the Tower of Babel and what the people were doing there, and he said, now nothing shall be restrained from them which they imagined to do, because they were all in agreement, speaking the same language, contrary to what God had actually told them to do, which was to disperse and form their own countries, disperse out into the nations which God actually defined. They said no. We're going to gather together. So Nimrod, symbol of the Antichrist, gathered them together, and they began to build this tower. God said, no, you're not going to do that. And he confounded their language. That's where we get the word babble from. They babbled. All right. Victor Davis Hanson wrote a piece just a couple of days ago called Our French Revolution. He said, we're in a Jacobin or Jacobin revolution of the sort that in 1793-94 nearly destroyed France, and things are getting scary. He's actually right. We've talked about this over the past 10 years, friends, on this program, that what is happening is a reiteration of the ancient French Revolution, which was a type of what will happen as the spirit of Antichrist 
comes in to take dominion not only in America, but all over the world. That's exactly what's happening. So, I agree with Victor David Hansen. He doesn't look at this in a spiritual sense. He's looking at geopolitical aspects and so on, which is fine. But the reality is that underlying the French Revolution was a anti-Christ spirit. How do we know that? Because the first thing they did was try to gather together all the spiritual leaders of France together with any other leader that they thought would be contrary to their decision to uh, get rid of all authority, including biblical authority, and replace it with a new French order, a new global order for the French. It was called the French Revolution. So they began to uh, topple things. They began to topple every symbol that represented good and godly authority. They began to topple the whole idea within the country of the very practices of the people that were consistent with God and his word. For instance, a seven-day week, a 30-day month. They began to attack those things, and they changed the days of the week from seven to ten. Where do you think the decimal system came from? That's where it came from. They changed the numbers from those that God had used to ten. You say, well, that's easier to compute and so on. Uh, I'm not here to argue that position, but this is what they did in the French Revolution. They got rid of everything, every manifestation that would connect you or the French to the Bible, to God, and therefore they were anti-Christ at the very heart. So anti-Christ were they that Robespierre, the lawyer, who was kind of heading up the uh, the whole rebellion, ended up being called Messiah. That's right. He ended up being called Messiah. And he retained that title for one day until they cut off his head, too. In other words, when Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist reigns, Nobody is safe. Nobody, including those who are seeking to usher in the revolution. Nobody is safe. Because righteousness and truth and justice no longer reign. It's all about the pursuit of power. And as we know, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so, as the Antichrist begins to move in and take dominion and control, gradually, as he is, you say, he, I don't know that he is exactly alive right now. I wouldn't wouldn't doubt it. But the spirit of Antichrist is increasing. It's multiplying hugely. You haven't noticed that yet? You haven't noticed that these are perilous times? Really? How could you not notice? Are we that blind? 
that we cannot see? Are we like a two-year-old that puts his hand over his face and said, look, Ma, you can't see me? Or like a man that's blind in one eye and refuses to see out of the other? No. These are the perilous times, friends. They're here. Exactly where we are in those perilous times, I cannot tell you. But the season is upon us. That's why I wrote the book Antichrist. How do I identify the coming imposter? And... I'm going to make it available to you right now. $22 on our website, saveus.org. This is not a playpen book. This book is 450 pages long. It is absolutely loaded with the information that you desire and need. But it's more than just information, friends for transformation on the website saveus.org antichrist how to identify the coming imposter there is so much more about chuck chris meyer and save america ministries on our website saveus.org for example under the marriage section god has marriage on his mind chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Again, if you'd like to get a copy of the book Antichrist, you can get it on the website, saveus.org, or you can give us a call at one 800 Save USA, that's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Okay, now we continue on with a revelation of where we are right now, how things are moving inexorably toward the final events of world history from God's eternal perspective. Here on Viewpoint, we're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. You say, well, how can you do that? Who gives you the right to determine what God's eternal perspective is? Well, he does through his word. That's what gives us the right. It's not a personal anointing, particularly. It's he who gives us the right, the authority, and the responsibility, actually, to communicate his viewpoint concerning the issues of our time. And that's precisely the reason why the Antichrist spirit wants to shut up that viewpoint. Now, up till now, it's it's maintained that that shutting up has basically been in areas of geopolitical... Uh, involvement, things having to do with uh, uh, culture wars and so on. Politically correct, multiculturalism, religious pluralism, and wokeness. But it's increasing in other areas. For instance, 
the number of attacks on Christian churches in America exploded during the first quarter of 2023 with 69 documented acts of hostility, putting the nation on course for potentially the worst record in years. This is supposedly in these so-called enlightened times as the wokeites who are radically anti-biblical, anti-Christ, are carrying on their agendas in the name of love versus hate. They are hateful and attacking those who love. This is exactly what the spirit of Antichrist does. It puts a spin on words and reverses their meanings. It's one of Satan's most used tactics, friends, to deceive. And that's what he's doing. The steep increase in attacks on churches now This year explains a new update, hostility against churches. It came from the Family Research Counter, first quarter 2023. The report says that criminal acts against churches have been steadily on the rise for the past several years, and the first quarter of 2023 has continued the upward trend. The first three months saw approximately three times the number of acts of hostility perpetrated against churches in the same time frame as last year. If the rate continues, 2023 will be the highest number of incidents of the six years the Family Research Council has been tracking this kind of action. 53 acts of vandalism, 10 arson attacks, uh, three gun-related incidents, three bomb threats, and two other situations like assault. So, 29 states experience acts of hostility against churches, North Carolina had the most incidents with seven. Ohio, Tennessee each had five. Florida, Missouri, and Pennsylvania each had four. So that's where we stand in terms of attacks on physical church facilities or buildings. But the real attack is not on the buildings. The real attack is on the people. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Why do you think you should be different than your Lord? We just don't seem to understand that. But the Apostle Peter understood it big time. In fact, the whole book of 1 Peter is about that. It's about learning what it means to suffer for Jesus' sake. He believed that that was an an integral part of, of what it meant to follow Jesus. None of that is taught or preached today because we're trying to market the gospel instead of present the gospel of the master. So, a governor who shut down churches amid COVID now has been ordered to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is a reverse now. A federal appeals court ruled Monday that three individuals who sued the Kentucky governor for their right to assemble for worship during COVID-19 must be paid over $270,000 in attorney's fees. They sued in August of 2020 after they received notices logging their attendance at Maryville Baptist Church's Easter service and informing them that they had to quarantine or face further enforcement measures. 
The group alleged that Democratic Governor Andrew Bashir's bans on religious gatherings and interstate travel violated their constitutional rights, which the Sixth Circuit affirmed in May of 2020. On Monday, the Sixth Circuit upheld a district court ruling awarding the congregants $272,000 in attorney's fees and rejected the governor's challenges. He said it's unfortunate that a lot of people who are outraged that the taxpayer is on the hook for this governor's constitutional violation. I share this outrage, said the judge, but this outrage has to be aimed at Bashir. If the people of Kentucky want to quit being taxed to pay for these court judgments, Kentucky must elect a governor who will actually follow the Constitution, said the judge. Now, why do we have the Constitution, friends? The Constitution is not anti-biblical. In fact, while the Constitution itself does not talk about the Bible, the Constitution is designed to uphold the justice system of the Bible. It's entitled... It's, it's uh, dedicated to providing the best that humankind can offer freedom and liberty with restrictions on government. In other words, it gives government the responsibility that God gave to government. But it doesn't allow government to exceed those responsibilities. It is precisely over that issue that Barack Obama took issue with the Constitution. He said he didn't like the Constitution, wants to change it. Why? He wants to give all the power to the government and only reserve certain powers to the people. Just the opposite of what God did in his word. God ordained government to protect the people from enemies, foreign and domestic. To do good, to do righteously, and to protect the people against sinful human flesh. What the current trend is, is to protect the government from the people. In other words, to grant more and more power to a government to control and manipulate the people so as to be able to compel the people to do whatever the government wants, even if it's contrary to the word, will, and ways of God. So, for those who want to rely upon Romans chapter 13, that says that the government, the Apostle Paul talks about the government being a minister to us for our good, that's true. That is what God intended it for to be. But if the government is acting beyond the scope of its privilege, then is God authenticating that government to do wickedness? That's a question. And that's what's happening. Again, the spirit of Antichrist comes in many forms. We're being betrayed at every level by the spirit of Antichrist. The 
the spirit of Antichrist did not just begin in the last 10, 15 years. We can go back to 1925 with the Scopes monkey trial, so to speak. Williams Jennings Bryan. And uh, Clarence Darrow, the attorney that was trying to support Darwinism. William Jennings Bryan won the court battle, but lost the cultural battle. And from that, uh, that time on, that case began to stand for, in the name of science, Satan would continue to have encroaching dominion over the authority of Scripture in the mind and heart of we the people. And it spread all over the world. It's called evolution. It replaced the biblical account of creation. It was the only, as scientists have have admitted, it was the only thing that could possibly be conjured up to replace genuine creation. But the whole concept of evolution, something creating itself from nothing, if you go all the way back, what utter foolishness. What utter foolishness by people who claim to be intelligent, whether it be the Pope or Pat Robertson, all who have claimed evolution is the thing. That's the spirit of Antichrist, my friends. We have to recognize these things for what they are, and they're insidious. That spirit completely changed the law and the teaching of law in this country. Did you know that? The whole legal system of reading and briefing cases and stare decisis is based upon evolution, not based upon actual legal truth. It's based on evolution. Now, when we get back, we're going to find out how certain characters are insidiously inserting themselves in every level of our society to prepare the way for the absolute political destruction of the country. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. What do you make of a president who claims to be a reverent Catholic 
who would sell out intentionally his country and its best interests, a country whose motto is in God we trust, who would sell out those interests intentionally to a country and its regime that is openly and notoriously godless and God-hating, called China, the CCP. Well, who did that? Bill Clinton? And now, most notoriously, Joe Biden. And what do you make of that same president who just this last weekend decided to parade his openly debaucherous son as a standard of American whatever, what America stands for in his trip to Ireland? What do you make of that? Friends, we're glorifying wickedness. We're betraying the very foundations of righteousness. And righteousness alone exalts a nation, but sit as a reproach to any people. Do you not see that? At root, this is not a matter of Democrat or Republican. On the other hand, the Democrat Party and those who are part of it have manifestly identified themselves with particularity to all of the demonic forces and patterns of our day. Openly, publicly, notoriously. And that's why a number of folk, just in the last couple of weeks, have left that party. They say enough is enough. The handwriting is on the wall. We cannot tolerate this anymore. Now, former Presbyterian, excuse me, former Pennsylvania acting Secretary of State Lee Chapman, who oversaw the 2022 midterm elections in the Keystone State, is now an official George Soros employee. I want you to think about this. This is the Secretary of State, the woman who oversaw the tremendous battle there in Pennsylvania concerning John Fetterman. And they managed to manipulate the election in such a way to make sure that Fetterman won. And now look at what's happened since then. This is that woman. Now, the Open Society Foundation announced today that Lee M. Chapman, the former acting Secretary of State of Pennsylvania, will joint Open Society U.S. as Director, Pro-Democracy Alliance, and Structural Reform. They're not about democracy, friends. They're about demonic destruction, They use the word democracy as the wedge to deceive the people. So the open society gloated over how this increases the degree to which George Soros has become deeply embedded within the U.S. election infrastructure orbit. And as if that is not enough, George Soros' son has been shown to have given access to the White House 
14 times in the last year or two. 14 times. Really? Who is George Soros? He is a God-despising billionaire who is intent on undermining and destroying what Abraham Lincoln called the last best hope of Earth, this country. Is this country perfect? No, far from it. Is it becoming more perfect? Absolutely not. The more we embrace the spirit of Antichrist, the more debaucherous we become. So that Vladimir Putin now calls America the leader of debauchery in the world. It's true. That's what he says. And he's right. We used to be renowned for promoting the gospel all over the world, and now we're renowned for promoting godlessness. And not just godlessness, but moral debauchery. By the way, we're talking about the spirit of Antichrist. This is what it looks like in its practical applications. Antichrist does not come in on a white stallion waving the Antichrist flag and uh, making it obvious to everyone who he is. That's not how he works. He works insidiously. He works behind the scenes to accomplish his agenda. Satan is doing that. That's who he is. Satan was called the deceiver. God called him the deceiver. And now even Disney is embracing the devil openly and celebrating it, saying it's dear to our hearts. Is anybody listening yet? Look, 450 pages. Antichrist. How do I identify the coming imposter? Here's chapter 16 called The Imposter. When the manipulation of feelings becomes the machination of demonically cunning men, hell follows closely. The imposter is someone who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others. Since Satan, the deceiver, ordains or commissions his counterfeit Christ to sit in his satanic seat and to stand in his stead, it should come as no surprise that this imposter's so-called Christ will appear to the masses as God's anointed one. The degree of deception will almost defy description. And that's why Jesus warned, take heed that no man deceive you. The imposter's introduction to our world will be relatively brief, seemingly meteoric. Just as Jesus at 30 years of age seemed to come out of nowhere, even so will Satan's counterfeit Christ make his debut, catching the globe in a growing almost gleeful state of surprise. Many people will initially harbor suspicion, but most will, in effect, roll out the red carpet in hope-filled welcome. And as we have seen, he will be led in as a lamb, but will soon roar as a lion. But his power and authority will have been secured beyond resistance. 
ultimately, as he declares himself, God. Just as Robespierre was flattered in the French Revolution as Messiah before he was deposed at the deepening deception of the French Revolution took its course, so the imposter will be deposed by the true Messiah at the seeming culmination of his demonic career. Just as Jesus fulfilled the Father's calling through his ministry of God's kingdom for a period of approximately three and a half years, even so will the false Messiah carry out his satanic mission to convert the world to worship of Satan for a time, times and a half, a period of about three and a half years, until he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people. Thus the counterfeit's purported flattery of imitation will culminate in global carnage. A testimony to the temporal consequences of radical rebellion against the Creator to be followed by eternal damnation is the son of perdition. Just as Jesus was the Son of God, born to save his people from their sins, even so the imposter will be the son of Satan, consigning those who follow him to the eternal consequences of their sins. Even as Jesus was called Emmanuel, God with us, the deceiver presents his demonic representative to be that wicked with us. Christ brings righteousness, peace, and joy with hope. The imposter deviously promises great things such as peace and prosperity through unrighteousness leading to unprecedented horror. That's where we are. And those were just a few words from one chapter in Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 will put the book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. We'll get it in your hands. Now, from the World Tribune came this piece today. The new report, the Biden White House had a hand in the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. He's denied it. He's denied that he knew anything about it. Not true. All his denials to the contrary prove the liar that he is. The FBI gained access to documents it seized from former President Donald Trump's Florida residence via a special access request coming directly from the Biden White House. That's the latest. On August 8th, 2022, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago on the grounds of retrieving alleged classified documents. But America First Legal learned of existence of the special access request via documents obtained from the National Archives in a Freedom of Information Act request. So the news destroys the big media narrative that the Biden White House had been stunned to hear about the unprecedented raid. The National Archives had also claimed it was not involved in the Department of Justice investigation of the documents. That true has proved to be a lie. The evidence further suggests that the Biden officials in the executive office of the president and the Department of Justice unlawfully abused their power and then lied about it to the American people. America First Legal Senior Counselor and Director of Oversight and Investigation said yesterday 
This government, it seems, acknowledges no limits on its power to harass, intimidate, and silence its political opponents. The special access statute authorized special access requests to an incumbent president only when the records in question are needed for the conduct of current business of the White House. Providing documents to the GOJ for purposes of criminal investigation is not the current business of the White House. The whole thing was contrived by the Department of Justice, the Biden administration, right there in the White House, and the National Archives working with them. This, my friends, is supposed to engender trust. you got to be kidding me. Look, whenever trust is broken, legitimate trust is broken, you can always know that the spirit of Antichrist is at work. Always. You say, well, what if a spouse uh, gets involved in an affair? Yeah, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Because it's contrary to Christ. That's the spirit of Antichrist. So when you find, since 1968, the divorce rate in America exploding, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Because God says, I hate putting away. I hate divorce. You say, well, where is that found? It's found in Malachi chapter 2. And Jesus put it this way. Whoever divorces their spouse commits adultery. And whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery. So what do you say? You see, when we do things conduct things, decide things that are contrary to God's word, will, and ways, we are actually carrying out the spirit of Antichrist. How much clearer can it be? And the more people that act this way, including people in our churches, from pulpit to pew, the greater the spirit of Antichrist takes hold until it's finally safe for the true Antichrist to appear. Thanks for joining us, friends. Tough talk for troubled times, but that's the way it is. Become a partner. Send your gifts, friends, by faith to save America Ministries. Do it today. I bet God has been speaking to you about this, but you, you haven't responded. Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.